0: Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Josh Gondelman. As a comedian and writer, uh, I think you're a fellow Brooklynite as well, Josh. That's right, I am oh, indeed. <laughs> so we're we're down the, we're down the R train prior from each other. Uh, <laughs> Josh, I've, I've followed your stuff for, for quite a while. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're up to, and then uh, we can
1: get into uh, into your deep deep failures. Sure. Oh my gosh. There are so many and they're still (laughs) piling up. So that's, I love it. I mean, I like love, cause I feel like I've been very fortunate in my career the last several years, specifically I've written for, um, last week's night with John Oliver and I was a writer and producer and eventually the head writer for Jesus and Marrow on Showtime. And so like, I've really gotten to do some wonderful stuff with, with lots of people that I'm, I'm really proud to have worked with, uh, right now i am i've been touring pretty heavily with stand-up which is has been really exciting and kind of putting um the finishing touches on this hour that i hope to record pretty soon uh, i've got a new Substack called that's marvelous where i give pep talks um mm-hmm. every monday morning and and then i've just kind of and, and i'm uh depending on when this comes out like doesn't you know it doesn't matter but I'm i'm a regular panelist on wait wait don't tell me and this week or next week coming up, I'm gonna to get to guest host an episode because Peter Sagel is on Paternity, leave, oh, wow. and so I'm one of the rotating guest hosts. Yeah, so it's like very exciting, but like very fluid days.
0: <laughs> so the inspiration for the podcast was basically Peter Sagal's story about uh, the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. If you remember that a long time? Yes, ago. I do. Uh, uh, and it was like his idea of like if you're going through hell, keep going. And I, that was kind of the, one of the first, one of the first like popular uses of that phrase and it seemed like it was uh it would work really well yeah i'd love to get him on if you uh if you if you have any uh direct access to him through uh i don't know a bat signal or whatever let me yeah know.
1: let me see what we can do once um once he's back in into mm-hmm. a little bit more of a regular work group i think he's laying low with the baby for a little while
0: all right yeah all right so let's go into uh let's go into some of the failures so i, I so as a comedian as a writer. Uh, I think I'm pretty familiar with the writerly side, but I'm not as familiar with the performing side. So that's, uh, it's pretty fascinating.
1: Yeah. So gosh, I've failed. uh, And this, I always feel like it's important to talk about this stuff because sometimes people act like it doesn't ever happen, but I've failed in so many ways as a comedian and, and I've succeeded in many too, but like, I think probably the biggest failure, this is like the most, this is the cringiest one, I think, because it was the most public and probably the most deserved. <laughs> is that, um, I, I f- years and years ago, probably like probably 10, 10 or 11 years, ago, no more than that, because it's before I lived in New York City. So this is probably summer of 2011. Um, a, a friend's agent booked me for a week in Atlantic City, uh, as like one. Person on a three to four person showcase doing mm-hmm. 25 minutes or 20 minutes per show. And I I was excited. I'd never performed in Atlantic City before. I like packed a suit in my little Toyota Corolla and I was living in Boston. I drove down to Atlantic City, um, listening to only various covers of the song Atlantic City by Bruce Springsteen as a bit, which benefited no one. Um, and the shows were tough. Um, I'd been doing stand up for probably like seven years at that point, but like at a more or less professional level for four or five years. Um, And I just like was not calibrated for those audiences. Uh, And it was it like they were, it was pretty up and down, but the ups were not super high. Um, So on Friday morning, I'd been there. It's like, it was like a nine show week, I think um and two shows friday saturday and on friday morning the the owner of the club which has since closed called me and was he had this kind of like intense energy and he was like hey um i uh how's it going how's it going at the club man and i was like i not you know i think it took me a little while to find my footing but i think i've like found the wavelength a little better and it, it just took me like a couple shows to figure out like the way to reach these crowds and he's like Man, that's not what I'm hearing. I'm no. hearing you're bombing every show out there. I'm heard you're just tanking it, man. And I was like, well, that's not how I would describe it. But apparently, that's what you've heard. And he's like, all right, I, I need you to turn it around. And I was like, well, all right. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, tonight, I really need you to. We're gonna cut your time down, which is embarrassing on its own. Like to be like, you're doing so badly, we need less of you on these shows. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we're gonna cut your time down but I need you to really give it to him tonight. Like really bring it because, uh, otherwise I don't know, you know, you really got to give it your all as if like, I had not (laughs) been doing that all week as if I was like either mailing it in for some, for 20, I couldn't do 20 minutes of work a day and Mm. I was, I was being lazy about it. Or like I was doing some kind of like weird art project because I just liked eating shit. And, uh, he's like, I need you to really give it your best tonight, man. Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah. I'll do that. And uh, he's like, uh, but, you know, give really give it your all. Um, But, you know, Late Show Friday is why Steve Martin quit comedy. So good luck. And then hung up. And this is Friday, like late morning. And I go out Friday and I have like a pretty mediocre set on the early show Friday. Um, C minus, I would say. That's if I was grading myself. And uh, the manager came up to me afterwards, after the show, and was like, hey, uh, they're sending you home. So they didn't even let me get to the Late Show. They fired me after the early show and then mm-hmm. they tried to th- so I left they were like you can stay in the the condo that we're putting you up overnight and I was like uh, it shan't be a problem I'm gonna leave right now so I was uh dating someone that lived in New York at the time I like texted them and was like Hey, uh, I'm showing up a day. I'm showing up three days early, <laughs> and just like drove to their apartment. I like lost the pants to my suit somewhere on the way. It was just like brutal. And then they tried to. They were funny with the money on the check too. Like it was not prorated properly for the amount of shows I'd done, and had to complain to them. And it was it was truly like insult to insult to insult to injury.
0: Hmm. So this is actually this is actually a really interesting thing because I think I think your your point of your point of that that you got to bring it today is especially in especially when it comes to writing, especially when it comes to creativity. Bringing it based on some dude who's like I don't know, worrying about a liquor license and mm-hmm. really knows really knows how to run that spreadsheet on on tater tots orders from Cisco. Yeah, is different for that. That guy's version of bringing it is way different than your or my version of bringing it. And I think how do you how do you how do you help people understand or how do you yourself control for that sort of vagary, especially when it comes to like again, some dude who's in charge of like tater tots and
1: also in charge of putting people on stage at the yuck-yuck club or whatever? Yeah. So it it's interesting. I think like one of the ways I've accounted for it since then, and like I've you know, it's an it's a give and take, is that I kind of try to mostly take Jobs where my bringing it is what they want from bringing it if that makes sense where mm-hmm. it's like where i'm i'm trying i try not to put myself in positions where someone's like you just gotta try harder and i'm like well that's not gonna help because the thing i'm trying <laughs> at isn't the thing you'd like me to be good at you know what i mean like i'm not entering any slam dunk contests i'm not like and that's that's almost what it felt like where this guy was just like i need you to do what these people will like more and i was like mm-hmm. i don't know how so it was like a really interesting like it was difficult because it's not like I liked not doing well on the shows and it's not like there was a gear that I had that I was like holding back it just was not (laughs) a good fit and you know I wasn't being obscure or obtuse to spite them I just wasn't didn't have the right skills and I don't want to put it on the audience you know I don't want to be like I can't dumb it down for these idiots it was like Mm -hmm. truly I think what they wanted was a level of kind of like putting on a show that i think i'm more capable of now but certainly at the time was not like the the sharpest Mm -hmm. tool in my toolkit so i think part of it is just like knowing what where i will be well received or like trying to do a little bit more triangulation for that or like not getting too far out over my skis in terms of like booking for stuff that that will be a miserable time for me and for the audience and um or making sure they're paying me so much money that it's worth just eating it yeah
0: it's the yeah it's the well it's the it's the I, I don't know what I want in this ain't it uh is the, is the absolutely term there which is crazy so I think that's that's actually fairly interesting so you you're as a creative as somebody who's as somebody who's building something you you're you're more careful now to pick places and audiences that are more con-
1: conducive to your to your work is that is that how you think about it i try to yeah i try not to like put myself in positions where um where i think it's likely that like the people there will not enjoy what i'm doing and mm-hmm. that i won't enjoy trying to like square peg around hole. um so, so, so but, Sturgis, which is interesting the right
0: Sturgis motorcycle rallies out right I
1: think probably but I mean like there are certain (laughs) things like I think honestly if I got asked to do that I would be like I mean sure (laughs) like you know there are certain things that are worth doing just for the like experience of it and you never really know like you don't always know what's Mm going to be good and what's going to be bad and I try not to prejudge too much but I think if I got asked to do something like Sturgis it would be a lot of like well, how many zeros are on that check? And like, <laughs> is there anything better I could be doing with that weekend? Better not a value judgment on that, but better in the like fit of how good a time everyone's mm-hmm. gonna have.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's also fascinating that you're that you're thinking in that ter- those terms. I mean, your your job is to make people happy essentially, which is great. And yeah. you're, and you're 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 doing your Substack as well to like focus on mm-hmm. that. And I think that that. How do you maintain that that level of optimism slash joviality that's required to make a room full of people laugh? I mean, I I do it through sheer cynicism, but I, I, wonder, sure. I wonder if there's
1: a I wonder if there's something else I could use. I mean, I think that it's just like whatever the experience, because I think there's a lot of comedians who are not especially cheerful and do a great job of making people laugh. Like I really loved um Mark Marin's new HBO special which mm-hmm. is like very very bleak and and so much about like grief specific like um personal grief and like general despair but I think it's for me a lot of the kind of upbeatness of my performance on stage is like it just feels more natural and sincere to express humor that way whether even if it's you know sometimes Mm -hmm. a little tongue-in-cheek a little sarcastic i think the idea of like i mean this is such a pretentious way to put it but like honoring my voice and and like not trying to force myself to work in a mode that is difficult or um uh like unnatural to me right Mm -hmm. Like really trying to like keep as much of me in my act as, as I can, as it will bear. And and that's really helpful. So I think it's like, not necessarily that it has to be cheerful and upbeat. It's just like, I think that's kind of who I am as a person. And, and it makes more sense to me to try to like craft that into a sharp enough point that it, it gets the job done in as many circumstances as possible than to like pick up another tool and learn how to use that from Mm -hmm. scratch.
0: Are there any examples of where you just couldn't you couldn't so i saw so it's it's almost like it's like a rock guitarist trying to play classical right you're you're on stage and you're you're bombing because of that is was there an example of that where you were trying where where you just couldn't pull off what you're usually what you usually do um uh, do you remember anything like that
1: yeah i mean like i think this that week was really tough i i've had like a couple other weeks comedy club weeks over the years that just felt like, oh, either this is a bad fit or I don't have the chops for it. Um, You know, for, for what, for this crowd or, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I think there are certain times where you can shift gears, right. And go like, okay, I'm going to try to be a little more interactive with the crowd and maybe see if like I can cross whatever barriers between us, by being like a little more direct and talking to people a little more one-on-one. So I'm not just a guy like doing some kind of song and dance up on stage that they're like, Oh, we don't, who, who is this guy? Why is this alien here? Mm-hmm. Um, And to try to like engage more directly. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, or like, you know, there, there's a level at which there's, there's, I think the kind of stuff, the, the kind of material that I like to do, or, you know, I'll be working on this, hour of new material and there are some places where i go oh even though this joke is only 80 percent of the way there i think this crowd is like curious and engaged enough that they'll they'll weather it and i'll learn something about this bit that i'm working on and they'll enjoy it enough like they'll they'll like to see this kind of high wire act of like oh am i gonna get this new thing to work Mm -hmm. and then there's some places where i'm like oh this is not the place for experimentation this is the place to like truly play the hits you know this is like sometimes it feels like you're you're a band and they want to hear the covers and you want to play mm-hmm. the originals <laughs> and so it's um that that's kind of it i mean, i i just was reading a uh, rereading um get you i don't know if you know gary gullman who's like one of the uh, one of the best comedians working and he he was doing these Gary Goldman's comedy tips on Twitter and then mm-hmm. compiled them, the year of them, on, on Vulture. And I was rereading that because um, Matt Ruby, who's a very funny New York comedian, um, had, had brought it up recently. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was going through and he was saying like, you know you don't want to throw out this stuff you're really excited about that you're like "Ooh, this is kind of a blossoming new bit to just wither in front of an audience that mm-hmm. is like already not on board because then you lose confidence in the new stuff and if you do the tried and true stuff and it doesn't go well you know maybe you go maybe you spiral and you're like oh i'm nobody i'm nothing mm-hmm. or maybe you go well this just wasn't an a match tonight you know like i know these jokes work i've i've done them across the country i've done them in comedy clubs and theaters and and bar back rooms and so like maybe we just weren't communicating well tonight so i think
0: that's that's a good concept to uh, to stop on i think i would love to hear what advice you have for somebody who's trying to break into creative a creative career uh writer comedian uh mm-hmm obviously you have to roll with a lot of punches and there are a lot of punches. I mean, you've been in some great rooms, right? You've been in, you've been in some great writer's rooms. You've been yeah. in some great comedy clubs. How do you, how do you get past first off those first couple years of just, just frustration? Like you have a dream, right? You want to go do something. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you force the universe to, uh, to listen to, uh, to the, to the young Josh Gondelman who is was sitting there trying to break in?
1: I mean, I think it's honestly good that there wasn't that much of the universe that was paying attention to me early on. (laughs) Because I think like, there's so much right, like, I think there's so much pressure to like, put yourself out there. Um, and, And I think one beautiful thing about stand up is that you can feel growth and progress and and like an expansion of the the palette with which you're working and the strength with which you're um, and confidence with which you're executing that kind of creative work w- with stand-up. I think it really gives you a barometer of like, oh, I'm improving at this. I'm getting more laughs. I'm getting bigger laughs. I'm getting more frequent laughs. I feel more myself on stage. I feel more fluid and um, and uh, able to express more uh, complicated and less familiar ideas to audiences. So I think like mm-hmm. that – making stuff that you're proud of and like built, you know, doing those kind of workouts is so helpful of like, really, I mean, this is what people I get, I get the occasional email that's like, what do I do? And I always break it down to like the two smallest steps and this sounds so facile but it's like do work that you're proud of and then put it in places where people can see it because if you're making work that you're not proud of like why are you showing it off like who like if you don't like it what are you doing like why are you wasting everybody else's time and then if you're doing work that you're proud of but kind of you know keeping it keeping a lid on it or not sharing it Mm -hmm. then it's it's like i mean obviously it is fine and and wonderful to like make art for the sake of like I paint and I, or, you know, whatever. I, I write poems or I paint or I play guitar and I don't, this isn't for anyone else. And that's fine. But if you're trying to cultivate like a career, I think finding p- outlets for that kind of thing is is really important because it's, that's, and there are more outlets than ever, which is in many ways wonderful. Um, And I think the idea, I, I like try not to look down my nose at any kind of new format that people are using to like create stuff that they really love and want to share Um, even when it's like you know I don't understand all the rhythms of like TikTok for example Mm -hmm. but I think there are so many people who are doing really like rich um, expressive dynamic work there and it's like yeah wherever it is whether it's literary magazines or TikTok or you know whatever it is um, finding a way to like when you're like oh I really think this is ready to i'm like ready to let this little bird fly figuring mm-hmm. out how to do that. So and I think like there's so much pressure to do stuff that's that's not those two things. And I always find like if you're doing work that you're not proud of and sharing it like quote unquote content for the sake of content, then it's like oh, well even if people love it, they're going to want you to do more of this stuff you don't like. So like good for you. Yeah. You might as well. <laughs> I always say like if you're going to get stuck doing like You know, if if you're going to get stuck making like content that you resent and you resent the audience and you um, feel beholden to do this thing that's like not the creative work you want to be doing and you feel stuck there, it's like you might as well work at a bank. You know, like you can do you might as well have any job where you're not um, kind of trapped in this cycle of like making creative work that you Mm -hmm. resent.
0: That's actually a fascinating concept like the idea that you that you can get into a you can get into a rut uh I guess and I mean also like that's kind of a journalism thing right you kind of get you get stuck writing about I don't know the bonds desk at Bloomberg and that's that's your stick for the rest sure. of your life and, and and
1: you really have to um you really have to steer yourself I think in most cases like I think there are so uh, um part of it is like a it is so easy for people to see you doing great work writing about bonds and going like even even your more your next opportunity will be like, I would like to pay you a little more money to write a little bit more about bonds. And mm-hmm. you go, Well, that's a good opportunity, but it's also I'm trying to write a novel, you know? <laughs> and so like you just because you're doing something that's like parallel to what the work you want to be doing, it it um it becomes harder and harder. I think to make that switch and it becomes more and more public, right? Where like, if you're a famous business writer and Mm -hmm. then you write a romance novel, I think people are judging you through that lens. So I think like the sooner, the more experimentation you do and the sooner you kind of go like, oh, this is what I want to do and I'm going to meaningfully work towards it, the better off you are in a lot of ways. Not that it has to be when you're like 17, but I think- the idea of like, oh, I'm just going to do this kind of thing for five years in the public eye and then I'm going to switch. Once I'm successful, I'll be able to switch Mm -hmm. to this thing I want. It's like kind of tough because people, especially in creative industries, I think, see what you do and they're like, oh, we can make money off this thing because it's popular and you're good at it and you know how it works. And you're like, no, 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 but I want to do this other thing.
0: (laughs) You want to write your, uh, yeah, well, it's the Busman's Holiday, right? The, the guy's driving the bus the whole time, and then all of a sudden, he wants to take a bus ride out to the coast, or he doesn't want to do that anymore. Interesting. Yeah, Josh, this has been super helpful. I think this is this is this is. I think your insight was was great on all this stuff because I think it I think it's applicable for a lot of uh, a lot of folks who are trying to build build cool stuff.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of experience really eating shit, um, so I'm, <laughs> and I'm happy to share it. I always I like am so. Uh, Especially in stand-up, I always want to hear the bad stories and like the stories of like it's you know that what's the quote of like, um, all happy families are the same, every unhappy yep. family is unhappy in its own way. That's how we mm-hmm. feel about like killing and bombing where like all killing is the same to me. All bombing is unique in its own way
0: <laughs> All right. I wish we we should just do a uh, we just do a full like album of you just bomb of just all your uh, all your Oof. bombs essentially
1: Oof. horrible to experience, but fun yeah. to talk
0: about. Wonderful. Josh Goldman, you can, you can find him on Twitter. You can find him on, wait, wait, don't tell me, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. This has been keep going. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of keep going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.